Welcome to the sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Becca Bruner. In his teaching on ethics, the Greek philosopher Aristotle coined the phrase, the good life, right? We've heard that phrase before, this, this idea, this term that stands for the life one would live and the, the happiness one would derive from that life. So, what is the good life? What would you say to that question? What, what constitutes the kind of life that, that makes us happy? that makes us content, that we would consider the good life. Well, it seems to me there's two different ways we can answer that question. Two different paths toward the good life, toward the happiness we seek. One way toward the good life, some would say, is to get more. Get more money. Get more stuff. Get more happiness. Get more. And getting more, really, it's all about math. The more you get, the more you have. If you give some, then you have less, so you lose. Think about it this way. I have here a stack of $1 bills, 10 $1 bills. If I give one away, then I have nine left. It's 10%, right? Eleanor is learning for fourth grade math right now, and I am relearning it with her. It's not going great. But I know this, 10% of uh, 10, one over here, I got that, right? And, and I know also uh, that's uh, what's called the biblical practice of tithing. You take 10% of what you have, you give it away to God. That's what tithing means. So uh, here's how that works, though. In, in the get more life, if I take one away, I only have nine left. And that's not awesome. But you know what? It's only a dollar. It's really not that big a deal. But here's the issue. Then I have here a stack of $10 bills. See that? So then if I tithe on this money, I got $100 here, 10 $10 bills. If I take 10 away from that, then that's a little more. And that's it's a little tougher to give that one away. I, I'm a little bit more reluctant because then I only have 90 left. And, and I really liked that cool 100. And then, well, then here I have this stack. I'm watching it closely. I have this stack of 10 $100 bills. And this one's harder. I, I might not want to do it. This is actually a reality that has been observed and recorded over and over again by social scientists. The more money somebody has, the harder it can be to give some of it away. Well, this is the get more plan find happiness, 
achieve contentedness by making as much as you can and keeping as much as you can. Don't give any of it away because the more you give, the less you have. And the more you have, well, then you'll be happy. You'll be living the good life. And you know what? That's the message most of us are buying. That is the life that most of us in America are living. But there's another way to the good life, a more counterintuitive way toward contentment. One is to get more, and the other is to give more. So get more, give more. The question we have to ask ourselves is which way, in which way, is the good life found? Well, in his letter to the people of Corinth, we just heard read, Paul writes to them, overflowing with praise about their friends in Macedonia, how generously, how sacrificially, how joyfully they gave. If you want to get the good life, Paul says, if you want to be happy, you don't want to get more, you want to give more. You may have less in your pocket, but you're going to have an abundance of so very much more. The good life, it consists in giving more. That's what the Bible says. But I know, I know some of you may be thinking, like, really? Like, really? I know the Bible says this, but how do we actually know that's true? Like, somebody ought to put this claim to the test that, to see if it can be verified by actual evidence. Well, as it turns out, someone has. There's a book entitled The Paradox of Generosity. It was written a few years ago by a sociologist at Notre Dame named Christian Smith. And Smith and his team surveyed over 2,000 people in a nationally representative survey. They did in-depth interviews with several dozen people, all from different regions of the country, different walks of life, different levels of income, seeking the answer to the question we are asking. What makes for the good life? Is the good life found in, in getting and keeping in most of the ways that we have all been conventionally taught, or is it found in giving some of that away? And here's a summary of what they found. Smith writes, Generosity is paradoxical. Those who give receive back in return. By spending ourselves for others' well-being, we enhance our own standing. In letting go of some of what we have, we better secure our own lives. By giving ourselves away, we ourselves move toward flourishing. It's not only a philosophical or, or religious teaching, this is well-documented sociological fact. Smith continues, he says, the generosity paradox, it can also be stated in the negative. By grasping onto what we currently have, we lose out on better goods that we might have gained. In holding on to what we possess, we diminish its long-term value to us. By always protecting ourselves against future uncertainties and misfortunes, we are affected in ways that make us more anxious about uncertainties and more vulnerable to future misfortunes. In short, by failing to care for others, we do not properly take care of ourselves. 
So in this book, they, they essentially contrast two different ways of life. They get more life and they give more life, or in, in their terms, the, the ungenerous and the generous. People who do and people who do not make a regular practice of taking significant portions of their most valued resources, their time and their money, and giving those away to others. And they were discovered something amazing turns out that in every dimension that they studied, in your physical health, in, in having a purpose for living, in avoidance of depression, in personal growth, in, in happiness and well-being, in all of these ways, generous people are enriched in every way. And ungenerous people are not. Seems like the Bible might be right. Keeping it all to yourself actually costs more in every regard than in giving some of it away. So, for the next few moments, we have together here, using words from scripture as well as the research from this book, I want to lay out three incentives, three good reasons for the, the give more life. Why the, why the, the, the good life is found in this giving away way of being. So first, the, the give more life, the generous life, leads us to the good life because it moves us from isolation to connection. See, the get more life is one of isolation and, and kind of self-absorption. For the, the central motto of the get more life is, is something like, you know what, I deserve this. I've earned this. I got to take care of myself. You hear all of that first person singular language? I, me, myself. That's kind of what the get more life is, ends up being all about. You know, the city of Corinth, this city into which Paul was writing, it, it was the most prosperous city in all of Greece. Commerce flowed in every direction. There were a abundant signs of wealth. However, not everyone shared in that wealth. There was a great gulf between the rich and the poor. Sounds a little bit familiar, right? And even within the church, this divide existed, and people were having a really hard time coming together. The wealthy were taking care of themselves, and the poor were left on their own. And and they were just getting more and more divided. And honestly, the, the rich were just getting more and more isolated. And Paul just is saying, can't be that way. Not in here, not in Jesus' church. But the reality is that's how it is. In Paul's world and in our world, those who pursue the get more life, they're more isolated. They're more alone. Many of the people that Smith interviewed expressed a deep desire to never, ever, ever have to depend on anybody else and really not to want to have anybody depend on them. He writes, personal autonomy, self-preservation, and rugged individualism are key and sacred concepts in the vocabulary of the ungenerous people we interviewed. Generous giving does not make sense because one's own individual autonomy is of primary importance in life. And generosity toward others, well, that might undercut their ability to support themselves. You know, the get more life has left a lot of people pretty lonely. They're autonomous, 
but they're isolated. The give more life, on the other hand, it's a life of deep connection. I'll tell you, in addition to giving to Paoli Presbyterian Church, Dave and I give a portion of our money in, in two different places. One, we have a sponsored child through World Vision, and we uh, support her and her upbringing uh, for several years we have, uh, every single month. But we also give monthly to the work of Gary Alloway and Redemption Church of Bristol. That's actually one of Paoli's mission partners as well, but that's not how we came to know about Redemption Church. We know about Redemption Church and we support uh, the work that they're doing uh, led by Gary because Gary is one of our dearest friends. Uh, we came to know him and love him and, and become kind of part of his uh, not-blood family, right? Uh, through becoming friends in our years at Princeton Seminary. And it's just been so incredible supporting him and supporting the ministry of redemption over these number of years. I would say doing so has just brought us a lot closer. You know, we get to hear the, the personal stories of the ups and the downs, uh, the joys and the successes, um, the, 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 the ways that they're celebrating the good work that God is doing and the ways that they're praying for, for more of that good work, all of it. Um, we get to be with them in it. As we support them financially, we, we feel ourselves more connected to them relationally. Poet Wendell Berry writes, there are moments when the heart is generous and then it knows that for better or worse, our lives are woven together here one with one another and with the place and all living things. The Give More Life moves us out of isolation to connection. And second, moves us from anxiety to contentment. You know, another unexpected cost of the ungenerous heart Christian Smith found was anxiety. Ungenerous people become increasingly anxious people. Ungenerous people rationalize their ungenerosity by convincing themselves day after day, year after year, that the world is a place of scarcity, that there's just not enough to go around. You know, we live in a culture that is very anxious about money. It's a well-documented reality that we live in the most financially financially affluent age in all of human history. But I would argue that we also live in the most financially anxious age in all of human history. We are so anxious about our money. In fact, the Treasury Department is now actually printing a new version of the $1 bill that reflects how people feel about their money. Take a look. Right? Just look at George. Look at his face. That's our world. Here's the thing. As long as money is the chief source of my security, money will also be the chief source of my anxiety. I want to say that again and make sure you heard me. As long as money is the chief source of my security, money will also be the chief source of my anxiety. The get more life will always leave me feeling more anxious. It's the give more life that sets us free from that anxiety. 
Smith writes this, he says, practicing generosity requires and reinforces the perception of living in a world of abundance and blessing. The more people practice generosity, the more likely they are to express happiness. Many reach for words like content and satisfied and phrases like so much better than I thought possible to describe their lives. They are not happy because life is perfect, but rather because they enjoy life for whatever life happens to be. You know, that's why the Macedonians that Paul's writing about were so eager to give. Not because they had extra money just burning holes in their pockets. No, actually quite the opposite. But they had lived, they had experienced what it's like to be content. To have every single one of their needs met by God. It's just really true. Practicing generosity requires and reinforces this perception that we live in a world of abundance and blessing, which we do, which in turn decreases anxiety and increases happiness and health. You know, I love how uh, Paige Warfel put it when I talked with her and her family just this last week. The give more life is really, it's about filling up your own bucket. Just, just listen what Paige and her family have to say. Uh, I read this book. It was called How Full Is Your Bucket? And it was like, it was like about how everybody has a bucket. And then this, the, this little boy started going around and like doing nice things to other people. And the other people would like get drops in their bucket. But then um, he felt good because he was like helping other people, he would also get more water in his bucket. And I feel like it's like really shows that um, when you're generous or help other people, that it also makes you feel good and not just them. Growing up, uh, going to church, we I didn't know what my parents gave to the offering, but uh, I knew that they did, and they always made sure that me and my sister had a dollar or two to put in the plate when it passed around. And so that was kind of the grounding for me in terms of you give to the church and, and you be generous with the church. Um, my mom had sort of that southern value of always inviting people to our house to share a meal, or um, and my dad was has always been extremely generous with his time. I think we're, we're pretty like-minded in, yeah. in terms of that, that we want to be giving people. Well, basically, we knew the capital campaign was going on. and I was in a situation where I got laid off because my company, uh, I work in pharmaceuticals, and the drug that we were preparing didn't get approved by the FDA. So I got severance uh, from my company and was able to find a job and work pretty much right away. So we kind of had this lump sum. and. And then it was maybe that next week that I think you heard from your previous boss that like, hey, it looks like this uh, approval is going to come through, which would mean we could hire you back. It did kind of feel like, oh, we, we confirmed we're, we're going to do this. And then I think pretty soon after we heard like, oh, you're going to get to go back to this great company too. So I think it was pretty neat. Yeah. What do you guys think? Like, do you think that we value sort of giving to others or valued keeping things more for ourselves? Probably giving to others. Giving to yeah. others, yeah. Sometimes if it's an item I really loved, it kind of is sad, but if somebody is 
able to use it and have fun with it more than I can, it's probably better. Like I think right. that's the thing is I do think Paoli helps us expose the kids and our family to what we want to value. You know, so I think it's sort of like one of those interesting things that giving to a place that helps you continue to give is a, is a good One last thing. One more incentive to live the give more life. According to social science, according to the Bible, the give more life, the generous life, it moves us from isolation to connection, from anxiety to contentment. And the give more life takes our money and it moves our investments from temporal to eternal. You know, it, it struck me as I read this book, all the, the ungenerous people that, that Smith and his team interviewed, what they expressed, what they wanted in their lives, none of it was bad. You know, they wanted nice homes. They wanted nice cars, decent jobs, a good education for their kids. To a certain ex extent, they wanted what I want. They want what you want, what all of us want. But the reality is, if that's all we want, if, if just having more stuff is all we want, if that's all we seek, if that is all we strive after, well, as their own stories attest, then if that's all there is, we are going to be left very, very disappointed. Because the reward of all of those things, as good as they may be in any given moment, the, the, the long-lasting reward, well, it's always going to come to an end. It just is. None of those things will last. If we invest our time, our energy, our resources in all of these temporal things, the reward, it's going to go away. But if we invest our resources, our time, and our money in the people and places and causes where God is at work, well, that reward, it lasts forever. We're going to talk about this more next week, but just let me briefly say this. Friends, when you give to this church, you are investing in nothing less than the mission of Jesus Christ. But let me ask you, what is it worth to see a teenager come to faith in Jesus? For a, a troubled husband and wife with the help of pastoral counseling to, to make a new start? What is it worth to be there for a person who has lost a loved one? What's it worth to know that because you gave to this church, people are coming to faith in Christ at Paoli, in Belize, in Egypt, and beyond, that, that victims of hurricanes and refugee children are being cared for, that sick people are being visited and prayed for, that men and women are being trained for ministry? What is all of that worth? This is the ministry of the saints that Paul was talking about, and its reward, it lasts into eternity. You know, the give more life, it is paradoxical, but it is very, very good. Most of you received a, a letter in the mail this week. Hopefully you did. A, a letter from us here at the church that included in that letter this estimate of giving card. 
And we're asking you to either use this card or to go to our website, uh, to go online, and to make your financial commitment for 2021. We're asking you to do that hopefully by this time next week. We'd, we'd like to get a lot of those in by Sunday, November 22nd. But as we've said through this whole series, we want you to make that commitment out of a place of prayer. Because the give more life, it's not easy. The rewards are great, but we still have to pray. And we have to do a whole lot of practicing if we're going to get good at it. So I want to encourage you this week, as either you look at this card or you get online, I want you to really pray how you might make a choice, make a step toward more fully living into this give more life. You know, if you've never pledged, if you've never kind of made that commitment to give on a regular basis to the church, maybe this is the year that you just take that step to say, I'm going to, I'm going to pledge. I'm going to make that commitment. Or if you're already pledging, you know, we're so grateful for that. And, and we just ask that you consider maybe this is the year to increase that a little bit. I'll honestly tell you that the Dave and I, we are in that struggle right along with you, you know. Just this week, we're looking over our finances and seeing there's some rough edges there and trying to figure out how we can how we can live within our means and still give generously to the church and all of that stuff. It's not easy. It's a struggle. But we're committed to it because we are committed to doing every week, everything we can to fully support the work of the Lord here at Paoli Presbyterian Church. So I just encourage you to do the same kind of thing. Spend some time thinking and praying and, and fill in an amount on this card or online that deliberately reflects a percentage, a percentage of your income that you want to give to this church. If you're at that tithe level, awesome. But if you're not there yet, don't feel like you have to jump the whole way, right? Start, start with something manageable. Start with something you can actually accomplish. Whatever it is, set that amount and seek to live into it. And listen, if that makes you anxious, it might make you anxious. It sometimes makes me anxious. It's okay. I, maybe just commit to trying it, you know, to say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this percentage for three months and see kind of where things stand or, or six months or, or whatever it is. And, and no, you're not signing your life away. <laughs> Right? If you have to change your pledge somewhere in the course of the year, that's okay. None of this is signed, sealed, delivered. We're open. Come talk to us. If, if you make a pledge that you can't fulfill, we're happy to, to let you change it. But I want to encourage you to try. Try out the give more life. Give what you have away and be amazed at what all you get in return. Instead of isolation, connection. Instead of anxiety, contentment. And instead of stuff that's here today and gone tomorrow, an investment that lasts forever.